Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, where once again we're talking about practical issues of ministry leadership today. Uh, this coming Sunday is a special day on the calendar. It's Mother's Day. And you might think that that's a happy day that every church can celebrate with no difficulty or distraction. But my years in pastoral ministry proved, out, proved that Mother's Day uh, is probably one of the more difficult days for a church to acknowledge or commemorate. And I want to talk about some of those uh, stories of what made it so difficult and some of the realities of what you deal with and face when you're planning a Mother's Day event or Mother's Day recognition. And then I want to talk more broadly about what it uh, means to recognize or to acknowledge uh, secular holidays and how churches can interface with them in healthy ways. So first, some Mother's Day war stories. When I first started out in pastoral ministry, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to uh, celebrate Mother's Day by offering different kinds of recognitions. And so for my first several years, I kept trying to find a particular recognition that would be meaningful to the church and uh, meaningful to mothers and perhaps meaningful to an individual that we might single out for special recognition. And so uh, the first several years, uh, I tried several different approaches. You, you might say that I was a slow learner because, frankly, none of these worked, but I kept thinking that I could find a way to celebrate Mother's Day, which would be uh, meaningful and uh, memorable. And they certainly turned out to be memorable, but not so meaningful. Uh, here are some examples of what I did. When I, uh, one year, I had the great idea to recognize the youngest mother present or the mother who'd most recently given birth. I knew that there were uh, two or three different women in our church who'd had children in the past few months. And so, in my mind, I just assumed that one or more of them would be present on the, in the service that day. And we would recognize that person and, in doing so, celebrate and commemorate motherhood. And so on that Sunday morning uh, to a packed house, I said we would like to recognize the youngest mother present or the woman who's given birth the most recently. And uh, I said, you know, if you're here and uh, you've given birth in the past uh, three months, would you please stand with your child? And, and two or three women did, including one woman that I had never seen before in our worship service. And then I, uh, in a joking kind of way, narrowed it down, and sure enough, this woman who had never been to our church before was the last woman left standing. Uh, turns out she was a 16-year-old unwed mother who had given birth about six weeks before and at the invitation of a friend had come to our worship service that day. Um, so here I was, uh, recognizing motherhood and commemorating motherhood by acknowledging a 16-year-old unwed mother uh, who'd never been to our church before, who was now the model of motherhood for our congregation on that Mother's Day Sunday. Uh, needless to say, that did not go over well, and I decided, well, next year we're going to have to do this a different way. And so the next year I decided, well, I'll go the, the safest route. I'll, I'll pick out the oldest mother. Uh, the woman in our church who's been uh, a mother perhaps the longest or who's the oldest mother present. Well, you can imagine how that went. Um, we had some discussion uh, or we had some uh, anxiety in the service and some uh, expression of, well, I don't want to say how old I am in front of all these people or I don't really want to acknowledge that or 
Uh, do you mean the oldest mother present or the one who's been a mother the longest present? And so what started out in my mind to be a simple recognition turned into a, a bit of a challenge as I couldn't get women to admit how old they were in front of a few hundred people. And I couldn't make a distinction between whether I meant the oldest living mother or the woman who'd been the mother the longest. Well, another year. I thought, well, we'll try this again. And you're thinking, you really are a slow learner. I know, I, I really am a slow learner, but we tried again. And another year I said, well, this year let's recognize the woman here who has the most children. Well, I knew there were several large families in our church, and I didn't know who would be present that particular day. But uh, uh, I was not thinking about one particular family that we had. Uh, we had one family that was uh, poor. Uh, they lived in a uh, really a shack our church helped them in different ways to learn some social skills and some personal hygiene skills so they could really even participate effectively in our church's ministry. Uh, when we found them, they literally were living in a, in, a, in a house that had felt paper stapled to two-by-fours for part of the walls of the house. And so I did not realize that this was a second marriage for this woman and that she had several children with her current husband, but she had several others that were older with her previous husband. So on the Sunday that I recognized the woman with the most children present, um, she stood up and, and proudly announced how many children she had uh, born, and we wound up recognizing her. Now you might think, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with it in the minds of many was that I was recognized a woman who had lived irresponsibly, had multiple children with multiple husbands, and uh, did not have the financial means to care for the children she had birthed, and was living on public support and the church's benevolence in order to make it with her family. So my most children uh, recognition also did not go well. So the next year... Uh, I decided to go a different route. I've decided that, well, we've, we've made all these mistakes with all these different ways of recognizing mothers. And there was a family in our church that, uh, that had a pretty significant ministry of foster parenting. And so I thought, well, what, what, would, be, what would it be like to recognize this morning a, a foster mother, someone who has taken children into her home, cared for them, and, um, and by that means given them a, an opportunity for you know, a better life. So on that particular Mother's Day, I didn't recognize the youngest or the oldest or the one with the most children. I instead recognized a foster mother who had uh, taken children into her home and, and had uh, provided that ministry over the years. Well, again, you'd think that would be a positive celebration, but the blowback that Sunday was from mothers who said, why did you recognize someone whose ministry only exists because other people won't fulfill their parenting responsibilities? What about all the rest of us who are sacrificing and working hard and uh, doing so much to hold our families together and to be mothers to our own children? Why didn't you recognize us? And so, uh, once again, my Mother's Day celebration went awry. Well, uh, it took me a while, but I finally decided, you know, there is absolutely no way to get this right. Uh, no matter what I seem to do, I seem to come up short. And so the next year, I decided no Mother's Day recognition. Uh, we might put it in the bulletin only, but we really weren't going to say anything. We weren't going to pray about any for anyone. We weren't going to call out anyone individually. We weren't going to recognize any classes of mothering or motherhood. Well, you can imagine that did not go well either because people left saying that day, did he not know that this was Mother's Day? Did he not know my mother was with me in the service and traveled all this distance to be a part of our family this weekend? 
Now, did he not care that these women in our church make such a sacrifice? Why no recognition, not even a prayer, not even an acknowledgement? So over the years, in my first pastoral responsibilities, I had a very, very difficult time finding a way to recognize mothers and motherhood on Mother's Day. Now, um, over the years uh, after that, I, I, I tried to develop some, some better ways, and, and maybe we were able to do that with some more general recognitions, uh, more general gifts for every woman present, uh, things like that. But I remember even in trying to do that one year, we had a fiasco. Uh, one year, a company advertised to churches that they could provide orchid corsages for every woman in the church at a relatively cheap price. In fact, I should have known it was too cheap of a price. But I, I looked into it. I, I, uh, I, I made some calls. I did some connections or did some investigation and decided, yeah, I would do this. We would order these orchid corsages enough for every woman in our church, and we would celebrate um, all women that day, including our mothers, for their contributions to our lives. Well, when the Sunday morning delivery came from the florist, the orchids were actually orchid petals. Uh, they were about the size of a quarter or maybe just a little larger, and they had a tiny little pin in them. Uh, that you could use to pin on each person. Well, this was uh, an embarrassment. Th this was not a recognition. This was, this was something that, uh, that you couldn't even see, really, or you couldn't, even, uh, you, you, you couldn't even understand what it was if you were at any distance at all. So we had a whole box of these tiny little orchids about the size of a quarter uh, that people, or orchid petals, really, or orchid flowers that that people <laughs> were supposed to pin on as a recognition of Mother's Day. Well, these things are hopefully somewhat humorous to you because that's ki the kind of things that I did that really, that really weren't very effective. But on a more serious side, uh, and in a much more private way, I also learned over the years that Mother's Day can be a very painful day in the lives of several uh, women, uh, several groups of women in your church. Let me mention those to you. First of all, Mother's Day is very painful for women who have tried to have children and for whatever reason have not been able to do so. Uh, they want to be uh, a mother. They, they want that so desperately. They've prayed. They've uh, been to medical consultation. They've done everything that they understand to do, and they just can't, find, they just can't get pregnant. For these women, Mother's Day is a painful reminder of a deep wound they feel or a deep loss they have in their lives. And so while they're not likely to openly complain about a Mother's Day celebration, no matter what it might be, uh, know this, there are women in your church who are struggling with barrenness and really want desperately to be mothers and so far have not been able to do so. Recognize that Mother's Day is very painful for them. Another group of people in your church that... Uh, another group of women that struggle with Mother's Day is w women who've experienced the death of a child. Uh, it's um, it's sometimes happened so far in the past that you as a new pastor or perhaps a younger leader may not even know that this has happened in someone's life. But, uh, but women have uh, experienced, mo mothers have experienced the death of a child. Sometimes it's the death of a child at birth, sometimes in childhood. Uh, sometimes it can even be uh, later in life. But nevertheless, when a mother uh, is uh, on Mother's Day is reflecting on her role as a mother, 
if she's had a child that's died, that child's memory comes flooding back to her, and she remembers it very vividly. So remember that some women are struggling with that issue as well on Mother's Day. And then there's another group, and that's mothers who have estranged children, uh, broken relationships with their children, and whether the relationship has been broken by something the child has done or by something the mother has done, uh, there's, a, there's a separation, there's an estrangement, there's a tension there. And so uh, while uh, you know Mother's Day is the busiest day of the year for card greeting card companies and one of the busiest days of the year for the phone companies, uh, there are mothers in your church who will know that their child will not send them a card, will not be making a phone call, uh, that there's an estrangement, a separation that is not going to be overcome just by, because a holiday comes up on the calendar. And you have to be sensitive to those moms as well. And then finally, there are women in your church who've had abortions. Uh, they may never have acknowledged this or told you this, but with the prevalence of abortion in our culture today, it's almost impossible to imagine that any church of any size doesn't have at least one or more women who've had an abortion. And when those women face Mother's Day, uh, especially if they've become Christians and have, and, have ref and have a different perspective on their abortion now than they may have had when it occurred, they're also sitting there reflecting on what happened, what they did, and the child that is lost to them. So Mother's Day can be uh, challenging because of all these different scenarios I've outlined and the funny ways, uh, uh, or the, the difficult ways I tried to recognize it, and in some ways sort of the funny mistakes I made along the way as I look back on them in hindsight. But in a much more serious vein, Mother's Day can be difficult for women who've never been able to have children, for women who've experienced the death of a child, for women who have estranged children or strained relationships with children, and also for women who've had abortions. And so for all those reasons, it's very important that you recognize Mother's Day, or, that, or if you do recognize it, that you recognize it in a way that takes into consideration all the different scenarios and constellations and perspectives that women and particularly mothers bring uh, to that Sunday celebration. So let's talk about some principles for planning a holiday celebration in a worship service or in a church ministry. And let's expand it not just to Mother's Day, but to other secular holidays. And I guess that's the first point that I would make is that Mother's Day is not a Christian holiday. Now, because Christians highly value mothering and motherhood, uh, it seems like a Christian holiday, but it's not. It's a secular holiday. Uh, it's not Christmas, and it's not Easter. And it doesn't necessarily demand the same kind of recognition as those holidays do that are prominent on our Christian calendar. So whether you're thinking about the 4th of July, or, or Mother's Day, or Father's Day, or even a celebration day like uh, Martin Luther King Day, or President's Day, uh, even though these are national holidays and they're secular holidays, and even though that uh, they may impact our church calendar by people traveling or by, by legal holidays being taken by church employees, they are not Christian holidays. And so they do not mandate or demand that the church make a specific response. Uh, you don't have to plan an entire worship service around these holidays. You don't have to preach on these holidays, on the subject of the holiday. Uh, you, you really don't have to do anything. Uh, but if you choose to do something, you need to choose uh, to do something uh, wise and careful that, uh, that is appropriate for the event. So first, uh, remember, <clears throat> Mother's Day and other holidays like this are not Christian holidays, and so we're under no obligation to include them in our calendar, in our preaching plan, or in any other way in our church observation. 
Second, though, uh, if you do uh, decide to recognize these holidays, because they're not Christian holidays, remember that it's okay to have a, what I call a minimalist approach. It's okay to acknowledge the 4th of July or to acknowledge Mother's Day or Father's Day. Uh, it's okay to acknowledge a secular holiday, but to do so in what I would call a minimal way. Uh, you can do that by uh, something as simple as a prayer, uh, a, a, an insert in your bulletin or in your printed materials. Uh, you can do so with a, a simple gift if you choose for every person present who falls in the category, if it's Veterans Day or Father's Day or Mother's Day. Uh, but you don't have to make, uh, a, make the experience a centerpiece of your service. It doesn't have to be a focal point of what you're trying to accomplish on that day or that weekend. A third thing I would say is that... Um, Make the focus of these services that, that recognize secular holidays, make the focus not so much on uh, trying to honor everyone present, although that's appropriate uh, if you can do it in a good way, but make the focus on motivating people to honor those who are being recognized by the day. For example, it's appropriate to have veterans stand and lead a prayer for them on Veterans Sunday or Veterans Day Sunday, or it's appropriate to... Um, uh, to uh, uh, recognize mothers or fathers or someone like that, but it's also appropriate to use that day to motivate people to honor the person in their life who may in, be in that category. And this would be a good day to speak to people who have a strain, who are estranged from their uh, from their from their mother or their father or their family member, uh, to be uh, to remind people to take time to recognize veterans or to take time to to say appreciation words of appreciation to people who serve our country. Uh, this is not just a day to recognize the people who've been involved, but it's also a day to motivate others to honor them and to do what's right in doing that. Another uh, aspect of this is I would really counsel you or challenge you to resist the temptation or the pressure to preach a themed message on every one of these secular holidays. Um, I, I think that the preaching ministry of a church needs to be determined by the ongoing discipleship needs of the congregation and the ongoing uh, accomplishment of the mission and vision of the congregation. So for that reason, uh, you know, I advocate that pastors lay out series of messages uh, on themes or from sections of the Bible or from books of the Bible, that they lay out these themes and that they stick to those themes unless there is some really strong, compelling reason to divert from that plan. The preaching ministry of the church should be driving the total ministry of the church. It should not be used to um, highlight current emphases or to uh, acknowledge secular or, or, uh, or, or, or events in the culture unless they are particularly significant or they're particularly germane to the mission or vision of the church. And so for most secular holidays, I think it's better to have some other aspect of the service recognize the holiday if you're going to recognize it at all. Uh, rather than to stop the preaching ministry of the church or to tailor the preaching ministry to that particular day. Now remember, this does not apply to Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter are the high holy days on the Christian calendar, and our preaching should reflect that. We should focus on those, the issues of Jesus' birth and Jesus' resurrection on those days. But for the rest of the holidays, I really think it's best uh, not to feel obligated to preach on these issues, but instead to let other aspects of the service, like a prayer time or a small gift or a public recognition uh, by having people stand or in some other way acknowledge their service, uh, that's an appropriate thing to do. Uh, it's better to spend uh, you know, 90 seconds to three minutes in a service in recognizing what might be happening in the culture in this regard than to devote the entire uh, preaching time uh, around one of these holidays every time they come up on the calendar.
Now, having said that, let me also say that if you do decide to preach on one of these secular holidays, whether it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July, whatever it might be, if you do decide to preach on it, let me challenge you to avoid stereotypes and syrupy nostalgia in your preaching. Um, if you're going to preach, for example, on motherhood, you, you need to preach on it as it really is today, not as it was in the 1950s or not as you imagine it in a different era, but you need to speak to and address issues of mothering in this culture at this time with the challenges women are facing today in the mothering task. And the same thing with fathering, the same thing with our country and politics or anything related to that on the 4th of July. Uh, this is, these are not days to preach nostalgic messages about the good old days or to preach pleas about how things ought to be like they were in a previous generation. If you're really going to preach on these themes, you have to identify the real significant issues of today. You have to be contemporary, you have to be timely, you have to address issues that are really at the forefront of what's happening in our culture right now. So um, as you think about Mother's Day this coming up Sunday, first of all, call your mom. Uh, that's the first thing you need to do, and make sure that you have a good relationship with her and the expressive appreciation to her in the right way. Second, uh, lead the people that you love, like your children, to recognize their mother and to, and to honor her. Uh, do all you can to make uh, an impact in the people right around you. But then if you're a ministry leader... Uh, be very careful how you recognize mothers on Mother's Day Sunday, recognizing that if you isolate different groups or try to be uh, really unique or, in, or, uh, or, or unusual in how you do that, you're going to make some of the same mistakes I made in my early pastoral ministry. And then also remember that there are women who are sitting in your congregation who are barren, who've experienced the death of a child, who are estranged from their children, or who have had an abortion. And these women are experiencing Mother's Day with a private pain they, will, they are unlikely to express, but that must be uh, acknowledged or must be uh, in consideration as you plan whatever you're going to do that day. And then more broadly, just remember these points I've made about how to recognize these secular holidays. They're not Christian holidays. We're not, we're not under any obligation to recognize them. Um, if we do recognize them, it's okay to take a minimalist approach. Uh, yes, you can recognize people in a service. You can do that with prayer, having people stand, being recognized, perhaps a certificate, a small gift, something like that is appropriate. But remember, uh, one to three minutes in a service is appropriate and acceptable in recognizing these secular holidays as they impact our church calendars. I don't think you should set aside your normal ongoing preaching ministry that's focused on discipling your congregation or communicating your mission and vision and motivating people to live up to that. I think that uh, in the importance of that trumps uh, or supersedes anything we might do on these particular holidays throughout the year. But if you do decide that you're going to focus on one of these holidays and devote your entire service to it, including the preaching point, avoid stereotypes, avoid nostalgia, avoid unrealistic statements, and instead focus on the here and now and how things really are today and what people really need to hear as they celebrate these secular holidays. Well... I hope you have a good Mother's Day, and I hope you've learned something today about what it means to recognize secular holidays and other kinds of events in a church, in a church ministry, particularly in a worship service. Uh, it's one of the complexities of leadership is knowing how to do these things and do them well. Maybe this podcast will help you as you lead on.